guys, tell me about this, this, this project, the Always Us. Dude, it's been a super exciting journey so far. Um, so we started together about a year and a half ago, just after the like, strict lockdown regulations eased up. Since then, it's pretty much been a whirlwind. We've recorded an album, recorded three music videos that we stoked with. It's been pretty good so far. Uh, you guys, it's so what, what, as far as I'm aware, you guys haven't released anything as of yet. You haven't played a show as of yet. You've just got all of this ready to go and to launch, to the best of my understanding. Yeah, 100%. I think the, the purpose behind that is, and this is a, an analogy that I think Dan used right at the beginning of, of the formation of the band, was we don't necessarily want to, to cast to an, or to an empty seat. You know, so we've been trying to build our following, just been trying yeah. to build our social presence so that when we do release, it's, it's not releasing to the five, 10 friend members that we have following us on, on socials. No, that's perfectly understandable. And it's also just to make a product, you know, get the product ready before we come out with anything, you know, a lot of bands do it in reverse where they will have band practice for three years and play a lot of shows in that time, but they won't record anything. And. I've been in bands for multiple years and you, you're in the band and you don't have anything to show for it. So at least with us, we're going the reverse route and, and making the product and then trying to build a bit of steam and then, you know, getting onto shows and that sort of thing. I mean, I think that does speak to like your, like, I know, I know Dan and I know Tanner and like, it speaks to your experience as musicians because, you know, Dan, you're with Truth Decayed, you're with the Southport. Uh, Tanya, you're also with the Southport. I don't know if Vectorfield is still a thing, um, but like yeah. you guys have so much experience like with these kind of things and you guys have been working on this for so long that it's it's actually impressive that you've managed to like pull all of this together because damn, like <laughs> it's crazy. There's so much more done than like most bands, like you said, that have been going for like a while already. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's, we, we blessed in a bit of a, a way where um myself and matthew we've both studied um video technology and stuff at uh, det um and we've we work in the video industry so when it comes to you know forming content and forming music videos and stuff you know we like to get our hands dirty with that stuff um yeah and, and the, the the stuff we've learned through our careers obviously helping out a bit so i think it also just speaks for a lot of the work ethic of the members of the band you know, we're pretty much non-stop 24-7, whether it's an out of choice or, or forced insomnia. Uh, so yeah. I, I think we're constantly working. We're constantly trying to, like Dan says, improve that product and just put out the best, the best product that we can. I've just jumped into it right immediately because I'm familiar with Dan and with Tanner. Guys, <laughs> introduce yourselves and what it is you, you do in the band and your other projects that you've worked on up until this point. It's so, uh, on my side. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm Matthew. My name's Andre. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me do that again. Sorry. My name's Matthew Andre. I'm the guitarist. So, and you know, like Dan says, I've, I've studied film and whatnot, and I've been in the film industry since 2013, doing quite a few interesting things and been to some interesting places. And yeah, I've learned a hell of a lot in that time. And yeah, just using and all of that. Sound engineering experience. Sound engineering yeah. experience, videography experience. Um, so and you know just using all of what i've learned with everyone else's knowledge here to create what we've created you know so yeah, that's me i reckon cool and i am tanner i play bass and sing vocals and backup vocals 
And the cool thing I think about us as well is obviously being hustling musicians, most of us, well, we all work full-time jobs as well. So I make surfboards. I work for a surfboard factory in, in town. And yeah, that's, that's another release, I guess. Who are you? Who am I? That is a very good question. Um, I'm Juanin. Um, my surname is complicated, so I will not say it. Um, I am a music teacher as well as a musician. I've been, I've pretty much music has been my life since I've been around five or six years old. Mm. I play keys, I play guitar, I sing, and yeah. Yeah. One me. thing that Wanin won't tell you about herself is the number of talent competitions and singing competitions that she entered <laughs> growing up. Walk into her room for practice <clears> and <throat> there are just medals and trophies everywhere. And so, because I had such severe mm, stage fright, it was the only way to get over it. My parents were like, you are doing this. And I took my mom <laughs> onto stage the first time I had to actually. She, she came with me. But that was actually the cure for my stage fright. And I am Daniel. I play drums in the band, but uh, yeah, we, it's a bit of a cross thing at the moment where we we kind of have a two different setups for the band where it's a, a larger performance and a, a smaller setup. You know, if you have to play like in a, in a, a nightclub and you don't want to have a full drum kit and, and that sort of setup, um, I would play bass and Tanner kind of focuses on the vocals and maybe some like percussion elements. And um, we've got one of those little drum pads that you can, you know, put samples and stuff on. So, um, yeah, we've been playing around with that stuff. Um, but yeah, I've also, I've been playing in bands for, I think, I worked it out the other day, I think it was like 19 years now. I'm showing my age a bit. Oh, you are <laughs> the eldest. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, through a wide, a wide variety of different genres, like metal to punk and EDM trap stuff and uh, emo with some dance elements and so I've played around with a lot of uh, synth stuff and mixing it with rock music in different forms and uh, yeah it's just one thing that I I like to incorporate as much as possible into the bands that I'm in so yeah writing the songs I've tried to throw some of that stuff in there. I love how like music is just progressing to like just a mill like an <laughs> amalgamate of like different genres everything is fusing with everything else and you're in, like ending up with these like very interesting like subgenres and shit and this band also just seems like you know a personification of that like all four of you are so like kind of different with where your backgrounds come from and <laughs> you just come together and made this whole completely new baby it's really cool sure, I, I think um Something about that, though, is it's definitely been an idea that's been brewing in Dan's mind for, I'd say, the better part of the last decade is, is putting together an electro band, but that actually plays real instruments, you know. So I think one thing that we want to try and, or we want to try and get our fans or our crowds to take away from a show is that it, we, we're trying to play music that we wouldn't necessarily associate with a full instrumental full band. band, yeah. yeah. And if we can sort of perfect that DJ sounding mm. set where it's almost nonstop high octane sixth gear from, from start to finish, I, I think that's something that's a little unique. You know, we don't really see many people doing it in, in town at the moment. No, that's, that's cool. When, I, when Dan messaged me initially about the concept, I was like, that sounds interesting. Like, because like knowing like Dan's background, I was like, I wonder like you know who he's doing this with this sounds really interesting and then he said he was working with Devo I was like oh yeah we're gonna have a chat anyway like 
<laughs> I was like, my message, my response to Dan's message was pretty short. It was like, yeah, dude, if you're working with Devo, we're going to have a chat anyway. And then like within that same week, I heard from Devo. <laughs> like... uh, he's such a legend. And I think that's another, it's another sort of pathway or, or tack that we've tried to take with this band is we put a, a lot of effort into the marketing of it with guys like Devo and having conversations like this. Because I think that's, that's a big part of, of a current band is making the most of all the social media and all of the platforms that we can use to try and get ourselves out there. No, that's fantastic. And it, when you were saying that you did like a whole bunch of like singing competitions and stuff, um, and that you did that to get over your stage fright, I don't know about you, but for me, like stage fright doesn't ever really go away. You just learn to manage it better. I don't know if it's been the same for you or if you're just so accustomed to it at this point. Well, no, I don't think it goes away. For me, I just got hooked on the adrenaline. <laughs> oh, so you're a junkie. Okay. <laughs> an adrenaline junkie yeah. i think we all are actually having this yeah. conversation it's like yeah it's why we, we do are very highly yeah. strung group yeah. <laughs> i also think like you said it, it for us this project is a a way to release this side of us you know the the pop edm side of it where the southport and truth decayed allows us to have a release for the the more rock alternative um side yeah. of of our interest in music i think you have to have that release it's important and if it can come in different avenues or different ways you know why yeah. not yeah like i agree with you 100 i found that a lot of people tend to pigeonhole you based on the like their perception of the type of music that you make um like especially if you're in a band or something and they think cool that's all that this person does and that's all they kind of know you as so like for me personally, like a lot of people think, oh, he's a guitarist in a metal band. He must only like metal. Whereas, like I would, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the stuff that you guys have that you're going to be releasing. I think what on the twenty fourth. I'll be honest, but your Paramore covers and some of those guitar covers that you do are are spicy, and they, <laughs> they really get. So please don't ever stop doing that. Dude. I had someone. I've been doing lives on TikTok, so just doing covers and taking requests. And someone last night was like trying to get me to to cover a song. They're like, "It's metal." Like, I know you don't really play that kind of stuff. And I was like, "I'm offended. I'm offended that you think I don't play metal." <laughs> I was just I took, I took that personally. <laughs> Sorry. What are they trying to get you to play? Um, weirdly enough, it wasn't even that heavy. It was uh, "World on Fire" by Slash. Oh yeah, stupid. <laughs> definitely don't. Metal. <laughs> <laughs> it was all funny though, but yeah. Also, like, um, just to, I just want to touch on like um, our, you know, the the stage performance that we're putting on. It's from being in multiple bands. You know, you learn the little, uh, I'd say, like the awkwardness on stage with the crowd and stuff like that. So, um, you know, in between songs, you always get that deadly silence for like a few seconds before anything kicks off again. Um, so the whole thing, like what Tano was touching on there, with uh, like making it like a DJ experience sort of thing, where it's we, we we build a set that runs like for 45 minutes or however long we need to perform for. Um, and then in that set, you know, we it's running backing tracks and stuff that, uh, you know, carry like interludes between songs and that sort of thing. And just to make it like a, it's more of a performance than a, than just playing a couple of songs on stage, you know, to try to, to lift that side of things, you know? No, hundred percent. I can understand that entirely. And have you guys, have you guys performed a show yet? No, not yet. Eh? Um, yeah, we, we're trying to get all the album, like we we're saying, get the album out, uh, some music videos, build the, the, the following, um, you know, and hopefully if, we, if we're lucky enough, get some songs on the radio and then get, you know, build a little bit of traction and, and see what happens, you know. 
No, that's sick. I'm sick. Like, I'll probably come watch you guys when you play. Like, sending you VIP tickets for sure. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Big part of the struggle, though, and I think you must know this as well, being a, an experienced musician yourself, but the, the venues that we have available to us are, are very limited. And especially with the sound that always us incorporates, there are only a sort of handful of, of venues that we can sort of see ourselves playing in that will accommodate our sound and our energy. So that's also been a big um, part of the direction that we're taking is trying to find what sort of scene and what sort of vibe will suit us best and our performances best. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Like, because the the, the sound that you're, what you've explained, what Dan has explained about how you would need to, to set up, that that could be quite challenging. And like you said, like, no, no disrespect to any of the venues trying to do local, like, host live music in Durban because like a lot of them have been doing it out of the fact of there is no one else there is no venue designed specifically for it at the moment and they're doing their best but they're obviously not kitted for basic bands let alone something as complicated as what you guys are doing I think with without the, the venues that are doing it at the moment we'd, we'd be a lot worse off no definitely um, uh, I think it, it lends hand in hand with the sort of direction that we see ourselves going in. Um, there are obviously venues that we can play in, but whether or not that'll fit our aesthetic or our, our sound engineering is, is the question. Because um, that's, again, also part of the experience is the venue and the aesthetic and everything that you take away from that. No, definitely. Absolutely. With the guy, with the releasing, are you guys going to drop the whole album at once? Are you going to release like some singles or how? What, what's kind of your plan with you know, moving forward? Because I see a lot of guys aren't just dropping albums, they're doing singles, you know, and whatnot. And I'm assuming you're not going to drop all three music videos at once. Um, but yeah, what are, you, what are your guys' sort of plans with that? So yeah, we've um, so the plan is we're basically dropping a single and our the uh, music video for that single. Um, that song's called Going Under. That's our more like drum and bass sort of um, sounding song. And um, that song is it's coming out on the 23rd. Third, yeah, the 23rd of February. That will be premiering. Um, um, yeah, I'm sure it will be out by then. But the techs in the city are um, going to be premiering our that video. Um, then, and also then, so then the following day on the 24th of February, dropping the whole album in one go. Um, Obviously, the music videos that we have, we have two other videos, um, and those will come out in the months after that sort of thing, just to, to carry on content. But we've got a whole bunch of stuff formed, uh, you know, performances and, and sing-along things and all sorts of, like, content. That, acoustic versions yeah, acoustics. of the yeah. yeah, so we've got a whole bunch of content, like, lined up to kind of give people a taste of what we are like live. Um, but obviously, the performance part will, like what Tana was saying just now, you know, that will come later once we've worked out all that side of things you know no that's fantastic like and then having two like qualified videographers in the band must help so much with content creation like <laughs> that must make life so much easier that perfectionist brain is not easy to please <laughs> no. i'll tell you that much dude. i mean we're extremely with the skills that we have i mean we have videographers we have sound engineers we are creative I mean, we have yeah, a music teacher as well you know, yeah, to help us out with to. the theory. And, we can, so and the, the, the artwork that we have for the album, interestingly enough, mm. is made with AI. Uh, with AI, AI yeah. So it's from all from Mid Journey. And then as well as the lyric videos, it's all yeah. AI. Yeah. 
it's crazy like and this is a sick album art that's actually really fucking cool like i would never have guessed i'll tell you one thing it's been a hell of a lot of fun you know <clears throat> a lot so of learning fun. a lot of experimenting yeah. and uh yeah it's all just come together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> just yeah dude on a side note thank you again for, for chatting to us it's something that from a personal note it's something that i feel like has been manifesting for a while I remember listening to some of your first podcasts with guys like Dom and Jude from Easy Freak and Sean Ross and them. And it, it's been a, a goal to to chat to you guys and to try and push our own music on this platform for a long time, Rista. Thank you oh, for giving us. Uh, I'm really, I'm really grateful to hear that. Like I can't express how much that means to myself and to Nat because we, this, this platform was just created out of a, a love for the South African music scene. And, you know, like we, we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that love of South African music. So thank you. Thank, thank you for being willing to talk to us. Goes hand in hand. So yeah, shot. I can tell you anything that comes out of KwaZulu Natal is pure passion. 100%. 100%. There's, there's little to no monetary gain. Like if you're doing anything music related in Durban, you gotta do it for love. Like, oh, we'll change that. Yeah, well, yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully. That's the thing. Yeah. Have you guys got any like shows in the pipeline? Like, and you guys said you've been working on like how you're gonna sort of manage to get the sound to work and stuff like that. Um, what is your sort of timeline to to playing your first like kind of live show? I think we're pretty open to to ideas and to options as far as timeline goes. I think once we've released the album and have pushed it for the first month or two and got it to the point that we want to, we'll, we'll probably start looking at it then. It obviously puts a little bit more pressure on us if we're now trying to fit shows in amongst all of our, our other commitments with dropping the album etc other interviews um but i think the direction that we'll most likely go in is we'll we'll try to do some some festivals and try to do a festival run first because that setting lends itself really well to to our sound um big open spaces open stage where people can move around and, and sort of feel the energy and then Ideally, look at doing a few sort of DJ strip back sets in places like, you know, we'd be open to like Origin Nightclub, um, Tiger's Milk, some places in and around town that, that could accommodate a more uh, sort of romantic, tight atmosphere. Um, but obviously strip back and not with, with a full band set up with, with a DJ set up. So it's going to be interesting, but I think we'll probably only get to that sort of end of March, beginning of April, we'll start looking into that. And then, you know, any big festivals that are, are open-minded, that's 100% I think the route that we're going to look to go down. No, 100%. That's absolutely sick. Like, I cannot wait. It is obviously, it, it's a little bit difficult with that in mind, trying to build up to that. I think it, it's a bit of a fairy tale for every musician. You know, they don't they want to play the small shows. They want to just get the, the big sellout crowd festival shows and you do have to pay your dues and you've got to put in the groundwork but that's something that we've been doing behind the scenes and in other projects for the last few years yeah, i don't think it's bad for us to set a standard and not necessarily want to go below that not that little shows would be below us but i just don't think it would be beneficial to our sound we don't want people to go or come away from a show think, thinking that there were certain aspects that could be better no, I agree. I understand 100%. And like, speaking of like, you know, working in other projects and stuff, like Dan, Tanner, how are you guys handling being in three bands? Like at this point? 
like three bands respectively like how do you cope like <laughs> moment i'll tell you we're busy finalizing uh, the truth decades new album or new ep and then we've got southport also finalizing an album and we're releasing always us's album at the same time so it's uh <laughs> my my weeknights are very limited yeah. now as to be fun but uh well <laughs> music is fun well um, yeah it's it's and you know, also that's you know, you do, you're filming content and you you're recording songs, and then you have to still try and you know get the rehearsing done. Um, you know, we we played a show on the weekend, so we you know we had to get a lot of stuff you know worked out, and we we're incorporating the new tracks now from new albums, you know, um, into the set, and and that's another whole challenge. So, yeah, it, it's basically it's, we hate sleep. <laughs> I don't sleep much, I'll be honest with you, um, yeah. but. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, self-inflicted. So you find yeah. if you regulate your toilet time as well. <laughs> you got to make the best use of your time, like you know, efficiency. And I do find that every musician has a bit of a massacre streak in them. They're just they enjoy the suffering. Yeah, I, think so. I think it's a creative streak. I don't think it's just a musician. I think it's the addiction. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just have. Again, it's, I think if we weren't doing it, we'd probably be pent up at home, losing our, our brains, pulling our hair out. Yeah. So like, when I think of like how Dan was explaining it now with all the stuff like dropping at once, all I can think of is that, I don't know if you guys have seen like those memes about musicians where like it's like an old man and they're like, this is this is Dan. He's only twenty five, and it's like you know, it's because of the stress of all the shit going on. Yeah. Under the eyes, monster in hand. No, yeah. look, honestly, I don't know how Daniel is coping with all of yeah, this look. stuff because he's in so many bands it's... and so many projects. And I mean, he's working as well. It's full time for oh, it. Oh, yeah. So it's got, yeah, it's, but the thing is, I've also, you know, for the last at least 10 to 12 years, I've been playing in multiple bands at, at the same time. None of them at the time were anything you know they, they did well in terms of performance sake but we never had albums we never did social media stuff we did like one photo shoot a year sort of thing you know that so you, you you learn to manage the the rehearsing and that sort of thing and the meeting up of a on a regular sort of you know you, you, to me we, you know we meet twice a week one of the nights we do rehearsing one of the nights we do social media and then we write all the songs basically on our own in in, in to a certain degree like uh Winning would write, let's say, some some singing parts with a basic chord progression, and then I would take that thing and add some parts. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, you would send, send back something yeah, completely well, different. Yeah, but, but and then you know we try and get the guys to write some parts and add it in where we can, and try and you know once we've also performed it live, we then adjust the songs to to kind of um, you know see if it will actually work live, and yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it's. It's always crazy, like how an idea, you know, you'll come up with an idea and then you add the input of like, you know, three other people or four other people, depending on the size of your band and how it can take on a completely different shape or like, you know, meaning it's, it's, it always fascinates me. I've been, even though I've been doing it for like years, like it always fascinates me. Like you'll come up with an idea and then everyone throws in the input and you're like, damn, that's cool. But I would love for you to hear some of the like skeletons of these songs originally. Oh, yeah. They are 180 <laughs> degrees completely different from it's the so way different. they ended up. Yeah, Two yeah. of the songs were even recorded. Um, I, ha I, I got COVID while I wrote them. 
and I recorded them du during this time with this extremely Amazing congested voice, voice yeah. and it was pretty much gone, but you could hear something. Sent that with a little piano piece to Daniel and he sent back, yeah, he sent going back, go, yeah, <laughs> and, and wedding game. And it's just, it's not the same song. I just love the irony of you that you were working on a song called Going Under that became Going Under while you were in the process of dying from COVID trying to make a song. There's so many puns in both Going Under and Waiting Game. Like, fortunately. Oh <laughs> Don't and you thought no one would notice. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that's that's brilliant. That's a great story. <laughs> Don't worry, my train of thought dies so often that I'm surprised I even have brain cells left. I don't have a train of. I've come to the uh, to the conclusion that I have a bush trail of thought, <laughs> and I often go off it. Yeah, lost on the lost off the path. I have, a, I have a friend that I play um, video games with competitively, and we often joke that her and I have a singular brain cell that we share. <laughs> I was going to ask, what do you play? <laughs> we go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Apex. I play Apex. <laughs> yes, my man. I'm a rust boy. Hit me up. Captain <laughs> Zero 13. Let's jam. <laughs> Sweet. What are you playing on? Uh, Xbox. Nice. Okay, another, another console boy. Sweet. Well, who do you mean? This is going to decide my like. This is going to be my true judge of your character. It's like being a musician. Let's see. Well, I'm I'm all about that support. So I'm I'm either a lifeline or a maybe a Bangalore. I'm a big fan of a Bangalore. Uh, so okay, yeah. so you're a masochist in music and in video games. All right, sweet. I understand. Hey, it's not just a musical thing. Got to carry it over. Into <laughs> it's it's funny because I am the same. I also play a support or defensive. <laughs> You see, we we too good. We too good. Everybody, <laughs> every team has to have a bullet sponge. By, by, <laughs> did you just say bullet sponge? <laughs> <laughs> no, no that, that that's funny because that's my gamer tag. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking. Like my gamer tag is bullet sponge. It has been so since I was a teenager. Don't worry, yeah. we get a jam. We get a jam. Dan is a, a Rust fan. Yeah. That's that's a that's a rabbit uh, hole that I don't want to go down. Otherwise, I'm going to no life it. Rust and Escape from Tarkov. That I know if I get involved in those two games, it's gonna. I'm gonna give up everything else. <laughs> Look out for a Rust animated music video coming up sometime. Oh, that could be cool. <laughs> yeah, so investigate it. <laughs> what was that thing where like Ariana Grande or like guys did like concerts within the within Fortnite? You guys should do something like that in Rust. You yeah. you could buy tickets for Timo and to to watch and perform in the game. Basically. Let's do that. <laughs> I I want to do that. Look at the stars. Yeah, you just. I don't know. Someone's going to be. Like it was like, what a time to be alive! Like. <laughs> Like exactly. you, but you, you gotta uh, love like how things are bleeding into one another how like certain like fandoms and hobbies and interests are bleeding into each other as well because we're becoming so connected through social media and stuff like that different sort of things are, are blending in together in ways that you would never have expected like for instance artists performing shows in video games like if you had to say that to someone even 10 years ago they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about that is the dumbest idea i've ever heard uh, I think as much yeah, as here we are. Yeah, everybody's sort of 
well, not everybody, but there's a lot of moaning about woke generations, etc. But I think it's it's made everybody a lot more open-minded, and it's it's sort of brought down a lot of barriers that were restrictive before. Because nowadays, there's so many more people playing games, there's so many more people doing these sort of things that it hasn't it's it's not shunned anymore. You know, it's not frowned upon as being left of center. So it's become so much more acceptable to do these things. Mm. No, hundred percent. Like it's and it's crazy like what you can make money doing these days but at the same time it's so difficult to make a living like what a <laughs> what a paradox like well, no, you've you got pretty feet. Living, yeah, <laughs> yeah. feetfinder.com no <laughs> no <laughs> no when nina's protesting so much that i feel like someone has suggested this to her like yes <laughs> there's been many suggestions you need to get that banned what? Doing that? There will be no OnlyFans of Wanin. Thank you very only, much. Only, only, only. <laughs> no, that. Oh, no, there is. There is. We do. We do have a challenge. So, I will wear. Apparently, there's been a request for me to wear a T-shirt with with pictures of my feet on it on stage. I have agreed to do this if Matthew goes on in, on stage in full drag. And it has been agreed upon. It has been agreed upon. <laughs> so be on a lookout for a show where I will be wearing a t-shirt. Mash, Matt, Matt, Matt has that dashing hair, though. So I think this could work. I think I would go just for Matt, dude. <laughs> I, I am beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> and that's why I have a beard, because otherwise you're scared of each other. <laughs> <laughs> a few later in the studio, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If like Dan had an OnlyFans, that would be the easiest money I ever spent. It's too much. Moving along, I do find as well that people, a lot of artists, make the mistake of oversaturating themselves. Because yeah. if you play a show every week, every night at the same two venues, people are going to not. I wouldn't say get sick of you. But it's going to lose yeah. that charm of coming to watch you. It's not going to be an experience anymore. It's not going to go to watch it next weekend and watch it. You know what I mean? There's mm. like, or that sort of like, thing. Yeah, no, it's 100 true. I, I don't need to go to this show. I'm just going to watch them again like next week, you know. And then I just do that. That kind of like snowballs into like, oh, they're always playing. I'll catch one eventually, kind of deal. And and with all the bands that we and we've currently looking at that sort of mindset, you know, it's a uh, we we don't want to oversaturate our our markets and you know have the have the special shows that are important to us and even you know we we film the performances even my current bands we we film every performance we to to build our you know collection of footage and the history that we want to have at the end of the day one day when we retire from you know maybe that this type of band um but (laughs) another band but but uh you know i mean at least that's it's the memories to us to or me personally it's the memories of uh everything else you know um I, yeah i've got plenty of memories that stand out to this day i can remember it like yesterday or from music you know so that's quality over quantity yeah no definitely i i agree with you on that 100 percent uh, like speaking of that post that i made um regarding what can the durban scene do better the main one that i took away from that was just wade flower day being a dick saying just delete durban problem solved and that was, that was so funny Roll back and yeah. rebuild. Durban is like bacteria. This kind of bacteria. <laughs> Wade, Wade Flower Day has a, a very specific disgust for Durban. I, I don't actually know what Durban did to him, but you know. 
It's just funny to watch him run. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it gets very touchy, you know, be, uh, touchy to me as I, you know, being been playing for so many years, you've seen the progression, and it's it's it has got better. Um, but at the same time, there's other weaknesses that have come in, you know, and it's it's a difficult thing to try and help with. That's the yeah. that's the end of the story, you know. It's, one of the things that I'm like most excited about, especially in Durban at the moment, is the amount of new blood that I'm seeing, new artists, yeah. new bands, and stuff like that. And like, it's exciting because, like, you know, these like and like some of them are kids, you know, some of them are like 18, 19 years old, and they bring like a completely new thing to the table. And like, I'm always stoked to go and watch it. You know, I'm stoked to like hang out and get their thought processes. And it's yeah. Um, yeah, I know uh, we've played um, with Truth Decay. We played, I know, um, with Scrubs. You know, we even had the guy from Scrubs, uh, the, ba the bassist, on stage with us for one of the shows. You know, and to see those young guys, you know, I put myself in their shoes when when I was eighteen. You know, and I came out and I was playing in a punk band back then. You know, very fast punk beat, sort of like terrible sounding. If I look back on it, but it, uh, it you know, it was a start for us. You know, and I, I definitely see potential in a lot of the younger guys that are coming out now. Definitely, definitely. And that boy is one fucking hell of a bassist as well. Like I've, yeah. like, it might not be the most technical thing, but he is solid, and he's just yeah. like, it's he's he's got the groove. He's and he's like interesting with his effects and the sounds of his bass. He knows. Like he he's approaching it like it's a bass. He's doing interesting things with his bass in the role of bass instead of trying to play it like a guitar, which you see a lot of young guys do. So like I'm hell of impressed by that kid. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see the progression of the scene over the next few years, you know, with guys like that who are skilled musicians pushing it and you just hope that it doesn't go down the path like a lot of musicians in the past who leave Devon for for want of better opportunities, you know, because we feel like there are plenty of opportunities here, but people are so quick to jump on the, the negative bandwagon. You know, things will be better in Cape Town and Joburg and try and pursue that there. But it's it's as saturated a market as anywhere else. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is, is that, like like you said, where they're, they're going, yes, the scenes may be better there. However, like this has the potential to be something better if people would stick around and work on it. I know it's not always the case, you know, it's not always, it's not easy. Like it's for the, the guys who have been working on it, it has been an absolute fucking mission. You know, mm. it's a, a fight every step of the way. However, I do think it'll be rewarding. I do think there's definitely like a growth or resurgence in the Durban scene. And there's a yeah. lot more energy and enthusiasm towards it than there was even just like five years ago. I love the passion that people are putting it into into developing the scene in Durban into growing it. No, definitely. And then you you as a music teacher, like I'm sure that you know a big part of your role is encouraging. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure what kind of ages you teach or what groups you teach, but I'm sure like based on your role as being an artist as well, I'm sure you're encouraging like young artists to get involved into the scene, to get into music and to start projects and stuff like that. That's my aim. <laughs> I teach, I think my youngest at the moment is two and a half and my oldest at the moment is 65. So it's it. what that is such a ridiculous. You said that so casually, but that is such a huge <laughs> range. <laughs> what what a, a massive range. So it, it also depends on what they want to learn. But I, I love encouraging people just to have a love for music, not just drilling in the classical side of things like 
Dude, it, it, I rocked up yeah. to Winnie's house for a, a vocal <laughs> lesson sort of midway through last year, and there she was sat at her piano teaching herself a song in Hebrew. Yeah, well, one of my students requested to learn a song in Hebrew, and I was up for the challenge. <laughs> that That's cool, though, because you know what? You didn't, like, shoot that student's request down or anything like that. You know what? I find, like, I... I think I went for like two, maybe three lessons as a when I'd first started playing as a teenager. And you know what? The guy who taught me at those at that time, he didn't like try and like you said, drill something specific into me. He what he was like, what do you want to play? And I was like, I want to sound like these guys. And he was like, Cool, these are the tools yeah. that you need if you want to sound like them. Yeah, I mean, so, you can't sit for hours with someone you know, teaching them for Elise when they want to play rock music. It's not like, how is that going to, mm. how is that going to help? Like, like I said, he gave me the tools to, to learn those things. And, and you know what, my own curiosity made me go back and look at the other things, you know, the things that as a teenager, I wouldn't have wanted to learn because I would have assumed, I would have guessed that they were boring or, you know, not flashy or anything like that. But even now I'm nearly 30 and I'm going back like, oh, what are the basics of funk? And uh, you study genres. That's that's the way we also try to incorporate our the different sounds into our music. You know, we, we have house elements, we have drum and bass, we have rock elements, we have trap. It's a whole bunch of different sounds that we've tried to, like you're saying, you take the essentials of it and you make you know incorporate multiple of them into one genre and see what comes out. You know, and no, definitely. I don't know if you guys obviously like they've been all over social media at the moment, especially if you're on TikTok and you follow alternative stuff. Um, tick, um, sleep token that has blown up recently with the song "The Summoning." I don't know if any any of you guys have heard that song. Yeah, sir. Have a listen just now. Okay. I'm too old for TikTok. Uh, TikTok yeah, illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm just a social media whore. So that's that 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 aside. Um, so this band they have what is one of like this balls to the wall breakdown, which goes into this weird like synth piece for like nearly a minute. And then just sure. busts out into like the funkiest groove I've <laughs> like it is just and even like the, it's the same chorus. It's the same chorus that he sings, or the same verse slash chorus, but in a completely different genre. And like people are losing their minds, and rightfully so. Like you you guys haven't heard it, so you're not how do I say like yeah. caught up in that sort of oh this is being overplayed? I would highly recommend going and listening to it. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. And then weird time signatures as well, and all that shit. And it's that's great. I'm a sucker for weird weird music. Well, you play metal, bro. <laughs> oh come on. No, but it's a, that's also been like a fascination, you know, like a bands like Attack Attack and RC Stars and all of that from back at your know, Pendulum and stuff like that. You know, they they incorporate their like heavy trance sort of edm sort of sounds over the metal stuff you know and it's just to see that combination it's it's really and i think that's the whole genre thing nowadays is because like you were saying earlier is becoming merged because you have like hip-hop artists that listen to metal you have uh you know like post malone for example he's in, he's used to playing metal bands and now he's a you know a massive artist didn't post malone audition to be in crown the empire <laughs> i know he was in a band i don't know like I saw I some he, videos and he, he auditioned to be in Crowd the Empire, if I'm not mistaken, and didn't make it. I can't, if I, can't, oh. I, I, I something, was something stupid like that. I just, I don't know the exact outcome of it, but I know, if I'm not mistaken, he definitely like auditioned. It's such a weird, like, what a world. And if you go back further, you know, like Skrillex as well. Skrillex was a, a frontman of like an emo band before he became Skrillex, you know, and, 
And then he took that whole genre and blew it up out of the water, you know, by incorporating, I think, like the heaviness of of metal sort of sound and that emo sound into dubstep, you know, and yeah, and that energy. Yeah. That one song that you played by Yvette Young, I think. Mm. Remember that? <laughs> Can't remember oh, that. That girl's guitar playing is so strange. Like it's so it's so interesting. Like I can't comprehend what she's doing. I for not for like a chance can play like her. Well, that and the time signature changes like five times per page, and it's like an eight-page <laughs> song. Yeah, it's crazy. She really just said, "I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want." And <laughs> became famous doing it. Like it's great. <laughs> exactly. It's when you play piano on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> And then you get other artists who are like deceptively like technical where their songs are like they're mainstream but when you look at the theory behind them they're actually like hey what what's actually going on here i remember i wanted to learn um slow dancing in a burning room by john mayer and was absolutely appalled that i was like i can't actually this is going to take me some time to get right i mean it is by john mayer (laughs) i didn't know john mayer's history at the time of like I know that sounds like a sin, but I didn't know what his prior accomplishments was. I had only ever known him as like a mainstream artist. So when I went into it, I was like, oh, this shouldn't be too bad to learn. And then looked at it and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, revise. <laughs> yeah, uh, my opinion has changed. Winnie, and I, uh, this is going to be a strange request. And I don't know if you do like. I don't know what the, what the assumption is. I don't know if you'd like are like interested in listening like there's this girl named Ado. um she's a japanese singer right i I would i would really like as a vocal teacher i would really like to hear your thoughts on her on her singing because i'm a huge fan of this girl um i'm a bit of a weeb i'm gonna be honest with you that's (laughs) Uh, i'll send the name to to dan and let me know your thoughts on this this girl's singing i would really like to hear like a a professional's opinion on that okay being called a professional that sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i'll definitely sweet i don't know what re- i don't know what request you thought i was going to ask uh based on our <laughs> earlier conversations i don't know if you thought i was about to ask for feet um, but... <laughs> i've gotten some strange requests you won't believe <laughs> <laughs> if they're that bad that that is your first reaction good lord yeah well my you know, mind goes guess. to places <laughs> <laughs> That's is there. <laughs> it's easily accessible. You know, like talking about like different musical like things and whatnot, guys. Like, what are some of your your main inspirations? Like, you know, I know as an artist, like it's a it's a difficult question. Like, you when you're put on the spot, like I find myself it's difficult to answer that question. But who would you say like with each of you is like a core inspiration? Either having grown up or something that got you involved in music, or heavily influenced how you play or perform today um i can start this one uh the i started off listening to like trance music when i was probably 11 years old back in the day like uh trying to think of the name like brooklyn bounce and uh stuff like that and and yeah then as i grew up i kind of diverted to to rock music and uh, system of a down was the first band that got me into like proper rock music um, and then from there, you know, you go down that whole Slipknot, Disturbed, um, that sort of thing, and eventually found emo music. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, the, that whole uh, story of the year, um, that sort of vibe kind of 
took over my preference in, in the type of sound that I like, if you know what I mean, like the different scales that make up that type of music generally is what I sort of go towards. And, uh, and then, yeah, then, then I, I somehow got back into the trance music from uh, Armin van Buren. He was playing, he used to do these like hour long podcasts that I listened to and uh, um, yeah, State of Trance, of trance podcast. Yeah. And it's, um, and then that just got my, you know, I was still involved in playing metal bands and stuff like that. And then that side of things took over and I started adding the synth elements and, then we ended up with a whole bunch of keyboards and synthesizers and stuff. And <laughs> it's just become the normal way since then. But yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's for me personally. What about you, Matt? So, well, my first album I ever got, I'll never forget, Run to the Hills, Iron Maiden. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny because I was learning a, a, an Iron Maiden solo today. That's just a... <laughs> Iron Maiden and me, ah, it's beautiful. So yeah, no, my father, like that's how he influenced me. So he influenced me with metal and my mother had grade eight piano under her. So I always listened to classical music as well. Um, so I, I've, I've always had a, a range. So it's never been a genre that I've liked. It's always just been if something sounds nice, it sounds nice. So that's why like, I can listen to Hindu songs, you know, and they, yeah, some of them slap. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like on the tumblers and whatever they call those things. So, but yeah, just interesting sounds, throat singing, you know. So, like, and that's where. So, my passion is more towards sound and soundscapes, and you know, making it just pleasant to hear. You know, I I can respect that. I definitely agree with your approach on listening to music. Yeah, so just open wide, and if it doesn't sound good for that particular song, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound good, you know, and it changes per song, and which is what makes the whole journey fun, you know, about making a song or just mixing, you know. So, but yeah, that would be... It sounds like you have, like, a really, like, objective approach to, like, music. Is Objectively, is it good? Um, yes. Do I like it? Yeah. No. But, like, it's... <laughs> You can respect like talent where talent respect where respect is due. Like yeah, and there there'll be songs that I might not like that someone else will like, and I, I don't you know disagree with that person for liking that song. You know, I'm just like okay, cool. Yeah, it's just a thing. Firstly, when when we were writing this album, I remember listening to there were a couple albums in particular that influenced a lot of the sort of vocal melodies and the way I I wrote it in particular. Uh, an, an album by Nothing Nowhere called Ruiner, I think it was, and a few Juice World albums. To be completely honest, I think Juice World was, yeah, one of the one of the hottest talents, especially freestyle. So, the time that we were writing this album, I'd say those were probably the two biggest influences for me. I think, like most musicians, I'll, I'll sort of change what I'm listening to every now and then, depending on the mood. But yeah, Juice World, Nothing Nowhere for, for that particular time of my life was huge influence. Uh, it's also like, okay, I started with an absolute obsession for Roxette at an early age. Um, and I literally, that was all I wanted to listen to, but it, it, it was because I actually found a CD, oh, like in my you parents' said cabin. That's, <laughs> that's not what <laughs> <that's laughs> <it. laughs> I literally thought about that as well, sense. to be honest. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly going to do that as well. Please that's don't, not you guys, no. That's not Roxette, okay. Someone's, lost their, someone's lost their position in the burn. 
I'll take one. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then I went to to study music. So that that I went more into the classical side, and I I learned to appreciate a bunch of different genres that I absolutely that I thought I hated prior to this. Um, but at the moment, my playlist is scary. Like it jumps from classical stuff to stuff that these guys send me, which are more along the lines of trance and even some metal stuff that I've saved on there. And Real. also then, I mean, yeah, Frozen soundtrack is also, oh. <laughs> we also know that. on there, you know? We get um, every, every month at band practice, oh we gosh. get a whole sing through. I mean, yeah, Frozen. the Bathroom Bazaar <laughs> tune no, jingle sticks no, in my brain. And no. so, yeah, but I think influence for this album, I was listening to a lot of songs by the Midnight and Churches at that time. Uh, but also lyrics heavily influence. Like also, I do agree with Matthew on if, if a song is good, it's good. It doesn't matter about the genre. Um, but I'm heavily influenced by lyrics. That's the first thing I go to. I hear it, I listen to it, and I I play that whole story in my mind as if it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes that makes that makes sense. And uh, like, let's be honest though. Like you know, you were they were laughing about the the Frozen thing, but like for me personally, like um, we don't talk about Bruno is like lyric like musical genius like i ended up going and watching like a whole theory breakdown on how that song works i'm not sure if you guys have watched in kanto yeah it's... well we're waiting for your gent cover when that comes out no i don't i don't i don't think i could do that justice that's something that was actually it was really well done in its original form so i like i what i whatsapped um the the sleep token thing to to daniel as well as the the ado thing for winning like i would like to hear your thoughts on it sometime but yeah um guys in closing we've been at this for over an hour yeah, it's so fun. easy to chat to <laughs> it's been fun this has been a lot of fun like i really enjoyed having a chat with you guys and where can people find you where can people find your music i'm not 100 percent sure when this episode's going up but i do think it will be after your stuff has released so yeah when where can people find you where can people find your music when it when it's out and whatnot well, yeah, so most social media platforms, you can look for us at Always Us Band, uh, TikTok. Uh, we don't really use Twitter much, no. but mainly Instagram, Facebook, the, the sort of common areas, and then YouTube as well. It's going to be a place that we upload a lot of our content. And then Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, yeah. all the normal yeah, streaming websites. Even have yes, a website. Yes, we do have a website. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, at Always Us Band is the the handle yeah and yeah because we are always us and we will always be us sorry yeah. i just had to say that <laughs> yeah. and yeah check out our new album which is on yeah all the streaming platforms and drop us a message on our social so we can hear what you guys think our biggest thing i think is comments we want to find out yeah. <clears throat> everything comment no, we, we are very interested you know it's a it's a to me as well you know personally it's it's a new sort of test and genres of what we're doing here. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how the audience react to, to the music. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit scary, but also, you know, it's exciting to see what, what happens. It is quite a vast mix, isn't it? <laughs> I'm excited, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me today. I can't express how much I appreciate it. And you guys have been so much fun to chat to. Uh, you. And you too. Eh?